1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Fly the W670 Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4, CubsCon 2023 Recap. We encourage you to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W Podcast. All right, Crowley, let's keep it rolling on Saturday's session. After the uh, Ricketts got off the stage, it was uh, Boog Shambi coming in to talk baseball ops with uh, Jed and Carter Hawkins.
2: Yeah, I, I thought you were excited. I was happy we got you a front row seat so you could see what Carter looks like,
1: right? <laughs> I've seen Carter Hawkins before. Young guy, though, man. He is a He is a young, young man.
2: Yeah, you know, it is interesting. I asked him a question about the outfield jam-up, something we've talked on this show many times with Saya and Wright, Happ in line for an extension mm-hmm. and PCA, Brennan Davis and Alexander Canario, all, you know, with, with, with Davis and Canario, it's just a question of health. You know what I mean? As long as Canario, and he was there high-fiving people. He was in a, a boot, if I remember, on Friday night. Uh, Brennan Davis has said no issues you know, and PCA, I've had, we've talked to many people on the show that PCA, his glove is ready. It's just a question of his bat and, and not if, of, but when he's going to get called up to the major. So now you know,
1: speaking of PCA really quick, Crowley, I saw this little note. Uh, He did some, he did a podcast or did some, maybe it was MLB network radio on Sirius said that he's going to get a camp invite this year. Is that, uh, is that news?
2: Yeah, that is news. That was the first we've heard of that. So that's, i'm telling you this kid's not far it's just a question of you know getting him a little few more at bats but if you said today like they had to do with nico you're coming up he could play the outfield defense i'd argue better than anyone on the team he'd be the best outfielder defensively
1: wow okay that's crazy
2: so the guy the kid's absolutely unreal uh him and matt mervis were out today at obvious shirts on monday so uh joe obvious still doing his thing but You know, I guess my question had to do with those guys are all coming up, say as in right. Uh, Okay, so the question is about Ian Happ, right? You know, whether you're going to extend him or not. Now, the good news for Cub fans is over the weekend, both Ian Happ and Nico Horner uh, Horner came up with next year's agreement with the Cubs to avoid arbitration. So they found a number they both agreed upon. They're not going to have to go to arbitration hearing, not Happ, not, not Horner, which is great. Now the question, once you get those... Um, arbitration numbers figured out, and that's all taken care of. Now you can go back to the player and say, you know what? We can roll that in to a bigger contract into an extension. And so that's the question with HAP. With these three guys coming up, are you going to want to give a long term deal to HAP? And so, you know, Jed says, of course, that's a good problem to have. Of course, uh, you'd rather have too many good players, not enough. You know, there's no deal currently, work, you know, no extensions currently in the works right now. But he didn't rule out that it wouldn't happen. So kind of a wait and see moment, you know. It's just one of those we. I think they have no
1: choice. I mean, that's what you have to do at this point, right now. You got to wait and see. Let's see what Ian Hap does as a player making ten point eight million dollars when he's got his whole future right out there in front of him.
2: Yeah, it's it's just a gamble though. If that guy does good, you're probably not going to re-sign him, and and so it'll be up to the young guys. And with young guys, it's always a uh, you know uh, always risky, but at the same time, you, you at least have three guys and not just one guy, you know, in the past with some uh, Cubs teams of the past, you would just have one guy. And if that one guy didn't make it, if the Ronnie Cedeno's of the world didn't make it, or the Josh bidders of the world didn't make it, there was no one behind them. Not at all. Yeah. Now, at least you got a couple guys that, you know, if one doesn't work out, maybe another, and you know, and then even if that guy doesn't work out, you got another. So you got, you got hope in the outfield. So about that, um, obviously, this is the first time since the last convention in 2020 that everybody is gone. It was the first convention without Wilson, without uh, Rizzo, without Baez, without Brian. So a totally different look than the last time we were all together. So obviously, Jed, you know, talked about Wilson. People were clearly not happy that he's now with the St. Louis Cardinals. He just said the numbers never lined up. Um, I, I don't believe that. Um, <laughs> you know nothing against jed you know i mean you can you can say that but if you wanted him dustin you'd make the numbers line up
1: right if you wanted him you could make him you could make him line up right, that, that, right. you know, what they wanted and what he wanted were were two separate separate things yeah it, it's funny hearing the fans and and, and talking about like their kids trying to explain to their kids why Rizzo and Bryant and Baez are no longer with the team. There was a guy there saying that uh, the reason that he became a Cubs fan and watched Cubs baseball was because of the way Wilson Contreras played the game. Um, and I thought Jed handled that one. He said, you know, listen, I can appreciate that. We liked how Wilson played as well. Um, we wish Wilson the person, uh, nothing but the best. But now he's that he's a Cardinal, I cannot wish him any luck.
2: Right. And so when you when you look at that, that happens a lot. You know, it's you fall in love with players. You know what I mean? And uh, it's really, really hard to let them go. And and, and uh, the, for the guys, for the front office staff, their job is to make sure that the Cubs are good now and in the future. And you don't want to risk the future by, by waiting too long with a core group of players. We're way past the time frame of like, it's funny in my wall, I have all these pictures up of all the players from the decades. My favorite, most impactful players, in my opinion, is how I did my man cave. And, uh, you know, it's, it, those days of guys being around on a same team for five, six, seven, eight years, that's become more and more rare. You know what I mean, Dustin?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We can only hope that, uh, Some of those young guys that we just mentioned a couple minutes ago will be guys that uh, once they get up to Clark and Addison are up there for six or plus more years. So uh, how about some other highlights Crowley from the, uh, from the Saturday sessions?
2: Yeah. You know, I thought Carter Hawkins talked about when they looked at the free agent market, uh, they they saw how there might be a competitive advantage by focusing on defense. If we focus on defense, that's our best plan. So the other interesting thing that Jed said is that they were not done, that they were still talking to agents. And Jed brought up, hey, I was talking to agents this morning, talking about Saturday morning. And that one all of a sudden picked my ear. I'm like, really? You were talking to agents this morning?
1: Right. And, it was and, so funny how Boog handled that, like, you know, kept asking him, go ahead, check your phone. Anything <laughs> you can share? Go ahead, check your phone. I thought Boog did a great job, by the way. I thought he was great oh, as I- a uh, – he and Coomer, will get it. He and Coomer were excellent uh, as, uh, as, uh, MC Sasha uh, leaders of the panels.
2: You know, uh, the next panel after that was David Ross and his coaches. And that was fine. That, that's a tough one because they can never really say too much. They got to be careful. Like, so like people are asking about the lineup, who's hitting, hit, you know, who's going to be leading off, you know. Those right, but it was questions. fun. I mean, and the fun, other yeah. thing,
1: you know, like Tommy Hadovy, who I got to finally meet in person, face to face, instead of just uh, texting and talking over the phone. You know, a lot of love and support for for Tommy, who's got a really big, deep staff for the first time, and I thought it was great. David Ross going out of his way, not once but twice, saying, "Hey, this is the best pitching coach in baseball," right there. Tommy Hadovy is the best pitching coach in baseball. And of course the news would have been, oh, Tommy's just average at his job, but I mean, he went out of his way to do that. And I don't think that's David Ross's style to just blow smoke where there really isn't anything to blow smoke about.
2: Here's what I will tell you. I will tell you that that is not just a David Ross opinion, but he, but Tommy Hadovy is highly respected throughout major league baseball. And it's, it's something that I've been trying to kind of impress on Cub fans is that the pitching infrastructure Which was a, I would say, a deficiency of the 2015 to 2019 Cubs, 2020 Cubs, is much better in the hands of Craig Breslow at the very top, and going down Tommy Haddavy, and then keep moving down through the minors and the development that they're doing on pitching, absolutely. And I thought, and and if you get to listen to Tommy at these sessions, he is very well spoken. He's a very intelligent guy, um, and so I thought that was interesting. when I was taught when they had a off, they had a pitching session where they had a bunch of pitchers in there. Um, Kyle Hendricks, like I said, they're back there. Right. And, and somebody asked him what it was like being the last Cub from the 2016 team. And it was just funny, you know, cause it's just like, where did the time go, man? Just, you turn around and everybody's gone. So, you know, that was great. And uh, I will tell you one thing, Dustin, and I thought about you a little bit here when they were talking about um, on the mound and then, and, and the Cubs pitchers, I was so excited about Hayden Wisniewski. I, I I I said I wrote him the notes. I said he's as exciting to listen to as he is watching on the mound. He's just a, he, he I don't know what it is. He just kind of is different. You know, like usually when you kind of see the pitchers, they're more stoic. You know what I mean? I kind of try to think of the John Lester or the Jake Arrieta or those type of mean, angry-looking, somber-looking guys. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he's uh, yeah, <laughs> he's great. I, I love everything about him. I love everything about him. I'm not much of a of a jersey guy, more of a T-shirt guy. I think uh, I could see myself getting something with, uh, you know, Wes Nasty on it and wearing it to a game. Maybe maybe there's an obvious shirt that's got something like that that I could pick up.
2: Well, I'll talk to Joe. He, Joe, actually, this was awesome because uh, we'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll we'll talk. about we talk about now? They had an awesome session with the prospects, but there were so many prospects on stage. If if it was me, if I was in charge of the Cubs con, I would have had more. Se- they didn't have any sessions on Sunday. They instead had a clinic for kids, which is fine. But traditionally they had down on the farm. They wanted to feature it. So they did it on Saturday night because that was the big story. But there are so many awesome prospects. If it was me... I wish they would have had it on Sunday and I wish they would have had it by the guys that played last year on Myrtle beach, the guys that played last year on South bend, the guys that played last year in Tennessee. And then finally the guys that played on Iowa, I would have much rather had four sessions and kind of tried to figure out something that way. You could have combined uh, Myrtle beach and Iowa, and then you could have combined Tennessee and, or I mean, Myrtle beach and uh, South bend, and then you could have combined Iowa with Tennessee. So, the A, the single A's and then double A AA and triple A combined and have two sessions because there were so many kids out there. There were so many things you wanted to ask them and, and hear about. Um, I wrote down a couple things, Brennan Davis, that guy reminds me so much of Jason Hayward and his quiet leadership, you know, and it's kind of funny cause they joke about him being the old guy, but he's like 23, <laughs> but, but uh, he, he, he's, he's a, he's a very nice kid, but, but he has a maturity level to me beyond his years. Like it's yeah. hard to imagine, you know, I'm 47 and the, you know, the dude's more mature than I am.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did a, he handled himself. He handled himself really well. No doubt. P- about it.
2: PCA is a guy to me. Absolutely has just like oozes confidence, like not in a bad way, but this is a guy that a hundred percent believes he's going to be a great
1: major leaguer. Yeah. And so, he got, and he got a great reception by the fans. Great reception.
2: Um, this was the first time I really got an up close look at Kevin Alcantara. And Kevin Alcantara, everyone, trust me, I wish Rizzo was a cub for life, blah, blah, blah. And if Kevin Alcantara turns out to be a nothing, it'll be something that'll probably irritate me for many more years. But Jesus, this kid is big. He is a big, mean looking kid that I am very interested in seeing what he kind of turns out to be in the future. So I mean, there was a lot, Jordan Wicks was there, Ryan Jensen was there, Brendan Davis was there, Owen Casey was there um you had ed howard was there a lot taller than i remember it for some reason um but just uh matt mervis was there and and matt mervis is a giant of a man just a giant of a man um and so really awesome to see them uh if you didn't hear the news um matt mervis is going to be playing in the world baseball classic for team israel you're going to have um owen cassie's going to be playing for team canada uh, and there's some other Cubs, obviously. Se is going to be playing for Team Japan, so there's going to be a lot of things. Uh, um, Stroman is going to be playing for the United for Puerto Rico this year. He played for the United States last time they had the World Baseball play, a Classic. His mom is Puerto Rican. He's playing for Team Puerto Rico, so there's going to be a lot for fans to watch. But I really enjoyed seeing those kids out there, and and it just. There was a time, like I said, the on-the-farm the, the on the sessions on Sundays were always, you know, on Sundays were great. But I remember, I think it had been like 2013, 2014, they had the, the down-on-the-farm session. And if you saw the guys at the table, it was just mind-blowing the talent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up for next time, see if I can find it. But at one table, like three-quarters of the kids at that table ended up making it in the major leagues.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, they've taken suggestions before, so let's uh, run it up the flagpole. I, we, I don't think a lot of people thought the Ricketts would get back on stage and do what they did. So maybe they'll, uh, they'll bring something like that back. Hey, Crawley, before we move on, you brought their names up. So I want to follow up with something you just said. Say a Suzuki and Marcus Stroman, probably the two most notable no-shows, if you mm-hmm. will. Any issue with two of, if not the two highest paid Cubs not being part of this?
2: I'm gonna put it this way, I guess, is that with Teya Suzuki, um, he lives in Japan. Obviously that travel is very difficult. And once he comes to, once, you know, it's time to report for camp, he's not going back to Japan until the season is over, okay? So I guess I don't really fault it that much. For Marcus Strowman, I thought it would have been, a, I thought it would have been good to see him there personally um you know i i i we were at an event with him at club 400 we we worked with the lost boys lost boys inc with underprivileged kids and he was so good to those kids but uh you know it's a fan convention and the fans are the ones that that you know help you know it's you're doing it for the fans right the fans are cheering for you and and they're the ones that are putting their hard-earned money for things i would have liked to have seen marcus there maybe there's an excuse sometimes that happens i don't know um, so yeah, maybe I, I need I to check to out. Maybe
1: I need to check out his social media. Maybe he, maybe he put something out there as to why he was not part of it. But I, I have to agree. I don't want to um, dismiss what he does because he does do good things, as you pointed out. But um, sometimes it's just important to show your face and take a couple pictures and sign a couple of autographs.
2: And, and if you listen to the last episode when we had both Patrick Wisdom and Wayne Mesmer. If you missed the last episode, please go back because it's really awesome. Uh, it was called the Cubs Con Extravaganza. But both Wayne Mesmer and Patrick Wisdom talked about how hard is it, you know, to be nice and smile to people that really appreciate you. So,
1: yeah, very, very, right. very cool. Yeah, very cool.